Welcome to another episode of Conversation with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampion, and I'm here with Mr. Al Bennett. Mr. Al, welcome to the to the podcast. Thanks for having me, sir. I appreciate you, bro. Hey, man, I had to get you on. We didn't have so many conversations at work. I said, oh, man, I know a lot of people will be interested in hearing this dude mindset. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We, we always chop it up real good and have a very interesting dialogue. Yeah, so I wanted to just jump right in, man. You, we always talked about your um, the journey you want, man. You like on this spiritual journey, man. It's I, I've been really impressed because I can notice the difference. That's good. I'm I'm glad you noticed the difference because sometimes from inside of it, you kind of feel like you're growing and changing, but you don't really know what other people's perception is. And you really can't get caught into that anyways, because it's not really about that. It's, it is your own personal journey. But it's good to get feedback from people, especially, you know, genuine brothers like yourself that, um, you know, that's not going to sugarcoat it, not going to gloss over anything, you know, just going to keep it 100 with you. It's good to have that type of feedback. Appreciate it. So what, mo- what motivated you to start this? Um, just I've always been kind of inquisitive about spirituality and um all my life pretty much um uh, i can remember you know being raised by my grandmother who's a pastor um first my first introduction to spirituality was of course in a in a traditional christian church um not that it really resonated with me that young or mm-hmm. really, i really completely understood what was going on that young um, but that kind of like started, you know, my journey in spirituality, but I've always been on my own. I've always been just kind of like questioning, like, okay, I'm, I'm a person, I'm inside of this body. What separates me from somebody else in their body? And why do I have the parents that I have? Why wasn't I born to somebody else's parent? You know, you know what I mean? Just those type of questions were just always were like, even from as far back as I can remember, I've had those questions. Wow. So yeah. how did you, you grew up? So you mentioned you grew up with your grandparents? Yeah. My, uh, my father's mother raised me primarily. Um, my grandfather was there too. Um, but she primarily raised me and I would visit my mom like on the weekends until oh, wow. I was a teenager. So how did that how did that affect you all's relationship? Oh, so our relationship was great actually. Um there was, you know, there was times when, you know, my mom had me when she was 18. Um and she was that's that's very young and you know, she still was trying to live her life and you know, being a, a young parent myself, I understand the mindset and the mentality. Um Looking back on things, I understand that I can understand that she really wasn't fully ready to embrace motherhood in that way, and she mm-hmm. did the best. I think she did made the best choice, actually, um, to let my grandmother go ahead and raise me. Um, it, it didn't really get confusing until I got older, until I was maybe like thirteen or fourteen, when other people pretty much started saying, <laughs> you know, you notice your friends and. Some of your friends like had both of their parents in their house, and they live with their parents, and and you live with your grandparents, and it's just because it was normal. Actually, it was just right. it was, I didn't know anything different, so you know I, I I was good with it for the most part. Um, I would miss my mom during the week. I remember that, and when she was you know she was trying to go out on the weekends when I was there on the weekends, like that was a big thing when I was young, but. Um, other than that, you know, it was it was pretty normal for me. We had a great relationship, especially when I got older. My mom kind of like she trusted my instincts really early. Um, she kind of like uh, let me be free. She gave me a lot of freedom um, when I was younger, and it allowed me to get into some trouble, and it allowed me to. <laughs> it allowed me to explore some things. Uh, whereas when I was with my grandmother, it was like pretty much lockdown. Like when the street lights came on, you better be in the house. You know, we going to church two, three times a week. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was kind of jail over there. So 
So do you do you felt like going to church like so much? Did that do you think that kind of influenced your like your outlook that kind of made you want to get away from it a little bit? Um in a way. Um, yeah, I mean mostly because as a kid, you know, as a kid I was bored. You know, I was bored. It was it was a it didn't um it didn't really appeal to me at all. It was somewhere it was church was kind of like somewhere you went because you were told, not really because of your own interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um then you get a little bit older and you 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 begin to understand some of the messages that are being passed down. And um it's so ironic to me because of how the the church the churches that I grew up in they predominantly use fear, but the Bible says not to fear. So you had that contradiction there, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just went because I was told, basically. <laughs> and as soon as I had the opportunity not to go, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of us, you go when, you know, for most of us, it's like a, your parents tell you to go and then, once you get, I would say maybe like your late teens, 18, 19, when they let you make a decision for your own. Sometimes you stick with it. Sometimes you kind of drift away. I mean. Right. So let's talk about um, the things that you've done. Like, where were you before you started? Because I, I kind of came along. We we met. We, we've been working together since February, but I, we didn't really start talking, I would say, until like, maybe March or April. So before, because before you actually started on this journey, like how would you describe how you were? Um, typical, man. Typical. I, I, um, I would describe myself as always being a seeker of more, but not, not willing to fully embrace or follow my instinct, my inner God. You know, you have that intuition and voice in your head is kind of pushing you or leading you somewhere. And sometimes we pay attention to it. And then other times we so conditioned with what we already know that we kind of like don't want to contradict it. It's like almost like we would rather trust what we've been taught our whole life than to go outside of that and trust the voice that's inside of you. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of people, I, I, a lot of people don't ever pick up on it. You get so, you get so caught into the box that you never really listening, listen to the voice inside of you. You listen to all of these other people who lived the best life, I guess they could, but they're going off of information that's that they were told too. So it's kind of like if somebody doesn't break outside of the box, but we live, it's so ironic because we live and have jobs and industries are built by the people who don't listen to anybody. Yeah. (laughs) The people that follow their intuition and that go against the grain and challenge conventional wisdom. Those are the people, those are the people that we all end up working for. It's crazy. I think it's, it's, it's so hard because like we, we, we see things we want, we have desires, but I think just everyday life, just the stresses and just living everyday life tends to drain. In my opinion, I, I think it drains your dream. Like you're just so focused on doing this nine to five and making sure, you know, everything just stay normal, just stay afloat. And right. You don't even you don't even have time to process what you really want to do to bring happiness and joy to your life. Right. Cause I mean, it, it will go, what it boils down to in my opinion is that we aren't really taught who we are from, from a, a young age. We, we come out, our parents do the best that they can and they teach us basically how to exist or how to survive in the world as it is, instead of teaching us, that we can create and shape this world. Like yeah. we, have, we have that power to do that. And although we can, we li- as we live and grow, we continue to see how the world changes and how people influence and change things. 
and we still decide somehow, some way that it's impossible for us, even though we're watching it, even though we've seen in our generation, we've seen in our generation computers come to fruition, personal computers come to fruition, the internet came to fruition, um, uh, the first black president came to fruition, things that we thought were not possible at all. You know, we're now, we're now having conversations with people. Um, I'm talking to you right now via computer. Yeah. <laughs> All of these things were impossible or, or weren't widely available to us when we were kids. So we've seen this massive shift in how things can change and grow, but we're still some, somehow individually stuck in thinking that we don't have any power of our, of our own lives. Like, come on, we're not taught who we are. Yeah, I think it's it's just so it's just so easy, Miss So, like just going about your daily duties, going to work nine to five. It's it's easy. I think that's why it's just so acceptable because it's so easy and most people do it. It is, it is easy. It is easy. But what what are, what do we actually want in life though? What are the things, the things that we want in life? the houses, the cars, the careers, the, all of these material possessions, even, even like the relationships that we, that we desire, um, being around family, taking trips, whatever it is that you can name, it all boils down to a feeling. What we're really searching for is a feeling inside, right? Yeah. And we don't understand that if we follow the intuition that we've been given, we can, we can develop and get those feelings without experiencing any of those things. So the idea is to stay connected enough to the voice inside of you to experience the feeling of, of joy, the feeling of bliss, the feeling of Christmas, you know what I'm saying? The feeling of going on the, on the trip, taking the cruise, doing whatever it is that you want to do. Having a, that feeling is outside of actually experiencing the thing is what it is that we have to tap into. And it's available to us. And that is the thing. That is the very thing. Being happy before all of the stuff happens is exactly what will bring the thing to you. Uh, you know what? As as Easy as it sounds, I think the hardest part, man, is just tapping into it. Yeah, it is because 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 we're 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 we live in this physical world, and that's what grabs our attention. We we can't we're not we're not trained to look beyond what we can see, taste, feel, and touch right in front of us, and. That's primarily the issue. We're not taught to do that. Our parents weren't taught to do that, so they didn't teach us that. Had they been taught to do that, I know they would have taught. I try to teach my kids that now. I wish I had known. Well, had I known previously, you know, I would have taught my kids um, definitely, you know, um, shape your world, create your world. And I still, I teach them that now, um, but because I know. But it's like shape your world, create your world. You're not, you're not, you don't have to fit into what society, you know, says you should do or, or, or fit into some type of mode where you, you have to dot your I's and cross your T's and, and take all of these steps and it guarantees some type of success or life happiness or prosperity. That's not it at all. Um, your, your happiness your happiness and your joy, just like your love, should all be unconditional. That means the conditions don't matter. You carry this thing with you no matter what. Now, the experiences that we have in life that, that come about, you know, that, that aren't so great to, to experience, those things are just kind of like pointers to the things that we actually do want to experience. Um, Ultimately, we're, we're energetic beings, and I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but we're energetic beings, and once we learn, once we learn and accept that and work with that, it can be life-changing. 
Now we talk about it a lot. We talk about it at work. There's like actual techniques you can use to do this. Yeah. So let me just backtrack a little bit. Um, so I started, okay. So what's kind of sparked my spiritual journey? Um, <laughs> so I grew up in the church. I broke away from it for years. Um, Started, I got married, had a, had a family, um, you know, typical thing. And then, you know, the church thing kind of like came back around. It's kind of like, okay, in order for your family to be successful, you know, in an African-American community, you know, especially in, in my family and on my father's side specifically, um, you know, you have to have some type of foundation, some type of grounding, and and you know, our our African American churches is pretty much the way that we get that. Yeah. Um, and so, I um, started going to church again, like really heavy. But my me personally, it was because I because. I had desires and um, what, what, what typically would be called temptations or, or sins, you know, um, it kind of made me think in a way that, you know, something was wrong with me because I still, I still like to go out. I still like to drink. I still, you know what I'm saying? I still like right. Do all of these things that typically, you know, according to the Bible and according to the churches, you know, they, you know, you shouldn't want to do. You shouldn't even, you shouldn't even have those things going on. So I, I basically went to try to fix myself, pretty much. Yeah. You're not alone. I think it's. I mean, it seems like church, um, church more is like a, um, a lot of people going but they're not really paying attention. Like you're going, you, it's like, you know, you're broken and right. you, you listen, but it's like, it's, you know, you had that two hours of however the sermon lasts and you hit the music and you feel good for Sunday. And then you go out in that world again and you got to face those challenges. And I don't think, right. I don't think people are, you know, I don't think people are strong enough to deal with the temptations of the world. I mean, it's hard to do. I mean, I'm not acting like I'm, I'm yeah. perfect. I got my own battles. I'm fighting myself. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's it's like you 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 want to dot your eyes and cross your t's. It's like okay, I'm I, I like I drink. I like drinking. So let me go ahead and listen to this to this sermon so I could get some type of inspiration so I can repent. So I can, uh, you know, when I do the altar call, walk up, say my little prayer, feel good about myself, know, make sure I ain't going to hell, get that out the way, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and keep it moving. So at some point for me personally, it was like, you know, after time, after time, after time, after time, experiencing, you know, and I was all the way in. I was all the way in. And this is, and what I'm saying is not a knock on anybody's spirituality, what you believe, your church or whatever. If it, if you're going and it resonates with you, by all means, continue. And, you know, there's no judgment. I don't have any type of judgment on anyone who chooses their own path because right. we, have, we have that right as free will, free will beings. You know, we choose our own path. Exactly. So, um, but for me, you know, after a while, experiencing altar calls after altar calls after altar calls, not myself going up, but just other people. It was just kind of like just, um, and then some of the things that were said, it was kind of like, you know, you, you basing something, you basing what you decide to do on, you know, whether or not you're going to go to hell. So are you a, are you really embracing the message that's being given or are you just basically getting some fire insurance and making sure you're not going to hell? Yeah. It's kind of like, like, okay, so I can go up here 
and say these words in front of all of these people and somehow, you know, I'm good. But what if I'm, I, what if I really don't feel that way inside? And it's like all the people clap for you. They're giving you hugs and all of this stuff. And it's kind of like, yeah, but five minutes before that, whoever was in that pulpit put so much pressure on the people there. And I'm sure you witnessed it before. Yeah. So oh, pressure yeah. that like, how could you not move? How could you not raise your hand or whatever they, whatever they want you to do? So it was kind of like, I, I, it just didn't resonate with me anymore. It was just like, you know what? You know, I love everybody here. I've enjoyed this experience, but you know, this is, is not for me. And yeah, I, I think one of the, the problems I'm having is, um, I, I'm not even gonna say a problem. Like, I think a lot of people confuse, um, going to church with your relationship with God. Like right. I have I have a really good relationship with God. And, and, and there's people who, you know, they go to church every Sunday, but it's more for show. And it's like, you know, but what are you doing? Like, I don't, like me personally, I, I know there's some things I need to work on, but I'm thankful that my mother, cause it was more my mother. My mother took me to church early. And so that set the foundation for me to, you know, to build a relationship with God. But then I had to find some things for myself. Because I think a, a lot of people, you know, they 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 talk about, you know, God and finding yourself. But you you have to, like, you have to let people, I, I, this is my opinion. I think you need to let people find God for themselves. Like, a lot of people try to push you towards God mm-hmm. where, where, when it's going to be a situation where you're going to need them. I mean, I'm a believer, so something will happen where you're going to need them. And when you find them, you won't lose them again. <laughs> right. So, so I had, there was a couple of things that questions, cause I've always questioned everything. Even when I was little, I would ask my grandmother questions and she would just like, look at me like, you know, I ain't, don't question God type of thing. Yeah. Uh, like, why not? Like, <laughs> why not? Well, he don't want us to know. Um, so, so the first question that popped in my mind was like, okay, I'm reading about these people in the Bible. And I'm like, first thought was I'm reading about them because somebody wrote down this story. But these people didn't have a Bible themselves. Right. There was no Bible because they're in the story. So I'm like, why is it that I need a Bible? I need a pastor. I need all of these other people to, for me to have this connection to God when these people didn't. Yeah. Who 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 was who who was Adam's pastor and Eve? You know what I'm saying? Like who who was who was Moses's pastor and Noah and them? Like I I don't I, that part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so that was like I was like okay, well, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. That maybe my focus shouldn't be so much on that stuff and just trying to develop a direct connection with the source right. himself. You know, yeah. cut, let's cut the middleman out. Like even in the streets, you want you want to cut the middleman out and get straight to the to the to the uh, <laughs> to the plug, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, let's get straight to the plug. And it so happened, like as soon as, like right when I started kind of like thinking that way, I I um I don't I can't remember exactly how I got introduced to this book. But it's a book called Conversations with God called by Neil Donald Walsh. Okay. I read that book and basically his story is um, he was really frustrated with his life. Um, he had just got a divorce. He, I think he had lost his job. He was about to lose his house. He was really frustrated and he was pissed off and he got angry with God and wrote God in a really angry, nasty letter and was like, um, you know, just pissed off and he just went venting all his frustrations out on paper. 
and then he he said that he he heard a voice in his head is kind of like and he started writing down the responses to like his questions and then the first thing he was like do you really want answers to all of these questions or are you just venting <laughs> you know and it just kind of like and so it start it started this with by him writing that letter it started this dialogue with god um and that's what he based his whole book on so i read that book and it ended up being a, a series of books i read those books and that kind of like started my journey that was probably like 2010 though 2009 something like that and so you know so i'm off and on with it you know i've been off and on back and forth with my journey through spirituality but if you basically fast forward eight years in the future um so this year um i kind of you know you do your new year's resolutions and so forth and so on i kind of dedicated myself to um to pushing forward with what I felt and what was resonating in inside of me and kind of like focusing on my own inner voice. Um, I, um, I started dedicating myself to reading. I said I was going to read three books a month. That was one of my resolutions. Oh, wow. Um, one of the books that I ended up reading was, um, I can't even remember the name of it. Let me get the name. I'll get the name of the book for you in a second. Um, uh-huh. one, of the, one of the books, like, really, it's by the CEO of Mind Valley. Um, I think his name is Vishen Lakahani. Okay. Um, and it was really outside of the box, outside of the box thinking going on in there. Um, oh, and I also had to mention, I started meditating about five years ago. Um, I started... I took a course in transcendental meditation, um, which basically just teaches you to calm your mind um, and not have your mind race so much and be so crazy. Um, a lot of times, like when people would have insomnia, PTSD, or just, just basic regular traumatic experiences in life that you go through, Sometimes you can relive those things over and over and over and play them again and again and again in your mind. And for me, meditation kind of just like helps you to like settle down, settle your mind down. Um, and it and it also allows you to experience your own energy. I'm starting to notice a lot more um, people are, are doing that. It's not something that I've tried um, because you you need you really need correct me if I'm wrong. Like you really need to find a quiet place and relax and sit still. Am I correct? Well, not necessarily. Um, when you first start out, when you first start out, that's beneficial. Okay. Um, just because you're you're new at it, and it's a practice. Just like just like if you if you were going to do anything, like if you're going to jog every day, um. If you don't jog every day, when you first start out, you're going to be struggling. You're not going to be able to run very far. You're not going. It's probably not going to be that enjoyable for you, you know. But after a while, people that run, they run religiously. They they don't play around with that stuff. They like serious. They about it. Right. So I mean, it's and they see the benefits. It's just like anything else. If you start out eating healthy, you know, for the first couple of weeks, you're going to be struggling. You're not going to like the food. Probably you got to experiment. You got to play around with it. The same. It was. The, it was the same thing with meditation. Um, it's a practice, and it's different forms. And you gotta. And and if you really want to understand it, you explore. You explore. Pl- play around with the different forms that you may come across. Um, give it some time. Be patient with yourself. Don't beat yourself up about it. Um, and you know, find the the type of meditation that that works for you. Um, I do TM. TM um, involves, it uses a mantra, which is a, a sound. It's basically a sound that you repeat in your mind. It doesn't mean anything. You just repeat the, the, the sound over and over and over in your mind to calm your mind down, 
So if you're thinking a sound, you can't really think about anything else. And so it kind of like just settles you down. And then you, you'll get to a point where your thoughts start to become so separated. Like you'll think of something. Like I, I'm sure if anybody listening to the podcast right now, if you try to stop for just 10 seconds and not think about anything, you're not going to be able to do it. You, something's going to pop in your mind. <laughs> and, and the point is not to fight against your thoughts. It's to just go back to the mantra, repeat the mantra. And if you have a thought, no big deal. Okay, cool. But as you continue in the practice, the thoughts will become, will come slower and less frequent and less frequent. And then you get to experience this blissful place of just like, it's so peaceful and blissful that, you know, it, it, it makes, it makes an impression on you. So um, how long, how long, well, I'm sure everybody timetable will be different, but how long did it take for you to get to that place of what you describe as blissful? Um, probably, I don't know, probably about a month, probably about about a month, Uh, but I was consistent for that month though. So TM, they teach you to do it twice a day. Once, once first thing in the morning and then another one in the like mid afternoon. Um, so so when I first started, like I was like on it, like every single day. And um, after about 30 days, I really got into the hang of it and started f- feeling and experiencing like the benefits of it. But just like anything else you do, you you start for a while and then you kind of fall off and then you pick it back up. And then So this year was my year of just trying to be consistent with it all, right? Um, and this is like after... This is after five years of, 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 you know, of doing TM. Um, so I read this book and the, the name of the book, by the way, is The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Okay. And I read a bunch of books because I was dedicating myself to read three. Sometimes I would finish the three so fast that I would move on to something else. Um, but that's, that's one book that kind of stuck out in my mind. Um, and then... I bumped into another book called um, The Book of Truth, which is by Paul Selleck. Um, and he has a series of books. His first book is called I Am the Word. Um, and it's not, it's kind of, um, he uses terms that are based in Christianity, but it's not a religious book at all, period. Um, it just kind of like goes back to um, to what I was saying before about how we are energetic beings and how to tap into that source, um, the source energy. Um, and then I was introduced to Tantra, which everybody's probably going to think automatically sex, right? <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's not really about sex at all. Um, it's about it is heavily involves sexual energy, which in my opinion, sexual energy is what created the world. Sexual energy is what keeps the world moving. If there's no sex going on, there's no attraction to, to, to anybody, everything dies, you know, um, even in, even animals are attracted to each other. That's how they populate and multiply. And, you know, Sexual energy is creative energy. Um, if anyone has ever read the, the book um, by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, he has a whole chapter in that book talking about how to basically use sexual energy to create things, to come up with solutions to problems. Um, Wait a minute, so- use a sexual energy to, to fix problems? Yeah, yeah. You, you channel the energy and you use it create creatively. So um, I was introduced to Tantra about, mm, that was probably about four, four years ago. I took a course, I took a course um, online um, in Tantra and it was, it was beneficial. Um, I learned a lot. What would you say that? I didn't mean to interrupt, but what would you say the scientific term for tantra is? Because some of us, 
because we automatically think sex, maybe you should break it down. Like what is Tantra for, you know, the simple minded person? Okay. So Tantra is a, a modality, a method of channeling your energy um, and healing yourself of trauma and manifesting your life. Um, it definitely deals with sexual energy, but it's not based in sex. It's not about sexual intercourse. Um, so it's kind of a merging between spirituality and sexuality. And a lot of people shy away from that. And I understand why, but, um, everybody goes to church was born from, from a woman. <laughs> everybody, 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 there, everybody, there's mother has, has some sex. The mother and father has some sex for sure. You wouldn't be here. That's true. Um, not very many of us was, were conceived by, um, you know, uh, immaculate conception that, that only happened one time in history as, as far as I know. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, so we shouldn't shy away from it. I think more people should, um, actually embrace it. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Um, we, I mean, we, we, you know, some people use sex as, you know, for the wrong reasons, the control or. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and for me, Tantra, like basically transformed my whole approach to sexuality. Like I just, it, it, it I just don't see it the same way at all. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, men, I could, I could say in, in my experience, men that I've been around growing up, like we're very juvenile when it comes to sex. Like we don't even really have, we don't even really have like truthful, vulnerable, like real honest conversations about our own sexual experiences. It's just like, it's a contest. It's a pissing match. It's a, you know, um, what girl did what the best type of type of thing. And, you know, we, we, we got to move past that. We got to move beyond that. And even we pass that stuff to our children. It's like, if, if we have daughters, it's like, we don't ever want them to experience anything sexual. We don't even want to talk about it. But our sons, it's like, we get them the condoms and get them a pat on the head and be like, just make sure you strap up, son. You yeah, know? that is true. That, that double standard is true. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy. It's crazy. And so for me, so like I've transformed my, my whole views around sex. Like I want my, my, all of my children. I have two daughters, one son. Um, my son is the oldest. I have two younger daughters. Um, and I want all of my children to experience the greatest, most fantastic sex that's possible in their life. You know, because it's a it's a part of life. It's a big part of life. It's not the only part of life, but it's a big part of life. And and I want them to have that. I want it myself, so I want them to experience it too. So if I'm, you know, just like anything else, you want your kids to have a fantastic career. And somehow we want all of our kids, like, to have families and stuff like that, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> How they gonna do that with all having sex, right? Yeah, that's true. So it sounds like you, your approach to sex is more on a mental capacity instead of physical. Yeah, it's more energetic. So with the meditation, so that's the one thing I learned about tantra. I started meditating way before I knew anything about tantra. But okay. then when I when I got introduced to tantra, I'm right back in the meditation and the most recent course I, t I took was the most transformative for me. Um, and it basically taught me a different style of meditating that focused on different areas of my energetic body. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with chakras. They're, those are energy points. So you have a physical body, and in Tantra, they teach you you have a physical body and then you have an, also an energetic body. Um, your energetic body has points of energy that control um, different, that are associated with different 
physical aspects of your of your of your body and your emotional connection um so your chakra system so i learned meditations for specific chakras and it's been it's been life-changing man it, it it actually helps you to to tap into the energy that you are so you actually notice the energy that you have flowing through your body more so than before um we just like kind of walk around and we 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 limit our energy to like do i feel tired or do i not feel tired and or do i feel sick or do i not feel sick and there's so much more to it than that um we can actually the life force the thing that ke- is keeping our 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 hearts beating the thing that that makes our body that has our blood flowing and and our brain function to keep going it's an it's like electrical impulses that's going through our body. We are bioelectrical beings. So you get to learn how to, how to notice and feel that energy. And that becomes like more so the basis for how you function your whole, your whole life. Basically Um, you tap more into a person's energy. So I'm married, but if I'm single and I'm out somewhere, you know, most of the time men, we're so we're so tied to what we can see that um you know we're gonna we're gonna try to talk to like the finest girl in there or or at least or or if our self esteem is low we're gonna try to talk to the finest one that we think we can get yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying so so um but give no consideration to like how do how do I feel when I even step into her presence. You know, what am I feeling? Can I pick up her energy? But if, you, if you're able to notice your own, then you, you start to pick up on other people's. Now, some people can walk into a room and you kind of like feel their presence. Like we work at the Pentagon. So, you know, when generals walk in, you can kind of tell their generals just by their, you don't even have to look at a uniform. It's just like this dude just carries himself in a way and it's kind of like you can kind of like feel a certain way when he comes in the building. Yeah, you're right. That's true. That's so, true. so as men, you know, as men, everybody is, but as men especially, like, if we can tap into our own energy and learn how to build that energy and cultivate it and understand it and use it, um, we won't be so, we won't be so you know, amped to, to try to touch somebody physically, you know, we'll want to feel them energetically to see if we're a match there first, because ultimately that that's, what's triggering everything. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody has energetic, you can come across the finest woman in the world, but energetically, you know, if she's experiencing blocks and has all of this other stuff going on, you know, you can kind of pick those things up. And I'm not talking about judging people or like having some type of crazy superpower. This is who we are. This is actually who we are. Well, yeah, I mean, that that comes down to the basic law of attraction. Like, you are what you attract. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, so Tantra, you know, Tantra kind of taught me that. Taught me, um, you know, I've learned how to tap into my energy and also um part of tantra for men is learning how to control your ejaculation so so when you are having intercourse with a woman um you can you can actually learn how to control your ejaculation to the point where you won't ejaculate at all unless you want to damn so you literally can keep and I'm not talking about taking a pill, I'm not talking about, you know, any type of Viagra or, or Cialis or none of that stuff. I'm talking about you naturally are able to control your ejaculation to the point where you just won't do it if you don't want to. And then you start to learn how to have multiple orgasms like women are capable of of having. 
Shit. It's possible. It's a, it's a possibility. So if you think about it, think about the think about the energy that's built up when you actually ejaculate that sensation. So imagine not having it as as so sharp and and pointed in one area, but having that sensation kind of like all over your body. It's not as it's not as intense, um, but having that sensation all over your body and can continue to do that repeatedly over and over again. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a, that's next level. That's yeah. something, you know what I'm saying? And, but you think that just hearing that it's like, I know a lot of dudes, if dudes are listening to this, they're going to be like, man, I wish I could do that. But once you actually, if you take the steps to cultivate yourself and you take the time, the the training, because there's a physical part of it, and then there's a mental, excuse me, there's a, a a mental and meditative part and spiritual part of what goes into tantra. If you merge those two, you are not going to be out here just doing anything with anybody. You you will you are it will it will that process that you have to go through will teach you to respect the whole aspect of sex, sexual energy. Um, and this, it would, it, I'm telling you, it will transform your approach. It will transform your approach to, to, to sex, your relationships, everything. Yeah, I'm sure. I think, it, I mean, it, I'm sure one of the holdups and one of the things would just be that, I don't think, it, I'm not gonna say it's a lot of work, but I, I think just the whole process of getting to that point will probably would will be probably what stops you from getting there. Yeah, we hard headed. We hard headed. We hard headed. Man. <laughs> we, we 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 are. Um, that's I mean that's but that's that's like a reason why like it's more women in church too than there is men. That's why I mean there's more and there's also more women in college than there is men. I mean there's because because we are kind of like hardwired to do things our certain way and once we get stuck in that it's we get kind of like we're more prone to arrested development like we aren't we aren't as pliable as a woman is yeah um, women women are are naturally more um tapped into their energy already um, being able to have a child and and have that have that life grow in you, just the capability of it. Not saying that they've even experienced it. It gives them a level of sensitivity to energy that we aren't naturally born with. We kind of like have to be taught and it has to be cultivated. Like we experience it as as kids, but then most men, most young boys, are taught as soon as we come out the womb that. Other men are our enemies. We have to compete against them at all costs. We get thrown into into some type of sport where we're forced to compete, and you know, so we grow up in that. And now, you know, we we the last thing we're going to do is walk into a room full of men and try to tap into the energy of of another dude or or try to you know or anything like that. If anything. Everybody's gonna be sizing everybody up when we come in. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we, we stand off until we know where everybody's coming from. We gotta figure yeah. everybody out until, you know. So but women aren't like that. Women can come in a room, they come together, they bond, they talk about anything, no topic is, is too taboo, nothing's off the off the table. And we don't we don't we don't have that. But that's part of that's part of the teaching, right? So when I say you can your approach to sexuality and sensuality is, is totally different. It's kind of like you will be able to, what I'm imagining in my mind is that we can come to a place as men where we are, we will be fully respectful of a woman, regardless of her appearance, regardless of how she dresses, regardless of how sexual she is, how sensual she is. We could actually, a woman could actually walk into a room full of men, damn near naked, naked if she wanted to be, and she would be respected 
and not cat called or anything. We can sit, we can be able, we'll be able to have so much respect for the energy that she brings and we'll understand how to sit in that feminine, sensual, sexual energy and soak that up and that will be enough to feed us but we don't even want to touch you. We're going to re- we will respect her boundary. If she doesn't want to be touched, we we're we're going to wait to be invited to to touch that woman. We're going to wait to be invited to approach that woman. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like so if women feel totally safe, if we can cultivate men to, so these so that women feel totally safe around us completely. Every man will get what they want. (laughs) Every man will get what they want. Women will pick them dudes that they want. Yeah. And we wouldn't have to go through none of this drama that we go through. We wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't be worried about, we wouldn't be worried about making all this money. We wouldn't be worried about trying to compete against each other. We We would all be building each other up, helping each other in the areas that we're struggling with. And, yeah. and the brotherhood will be off the chain because all of the women will be will be picking their men, and they will feel safe around us. But that's yeah. not that's not where we are right now. But I think we can get there. Well, I mean, it's gonna take some brothers like you to help because I mean, it's not a it's not a lot of you know. Unfortunately, it's not a lot of men who you know are willing to even share information like this. Oh yeah. They I mean, yeah. And I, I, I get that too, because you know, like I said, I this is like the first this is like the first time that I'm like being so open with, you know, even my belief systems at all. Um and I mean that's part of the journey, right? That's part of the, the, the transformation that you know that I've gone through with with learning Tantra. Um, becoming a meditator, um, and man, it just it it helps you to understand masculinity in its true form. What is masculine energy, and how to respect the feminine energy, um, and appreciate it. You know, being able to uh, when I'm talking about Lamp is being able to project your own energy to the point where when your woman comes in a room with you, she's already turned on just by being in the room with you. Like you ain't said nothing to her. You haven't done anything, nothing. Just walking in the room. It's, that's what I'm talking about. It's possible. Yeah, possible. I I never. I've always. I'm not saying never. Like I always. So I always been a believer in like you know people vibes, people energy, but I never really like studied it. You know right. what I'm saying? I never really went in depth like this, took the in depth steps that you've taken. But you know, I, I've got a good grasp of like you know what I like, what I don't like. Like, um, you know, I'm married, so me and my wife, I mean, like everybody else, I mean, you got your ups and your downs, but I will say out of everything, my wife has always had great energy. Like I talk all the time, like she doesn't, she, I don't think, I don't know, maybe you don't notice your own energy, but like I tell her all the time, like she has a strong presence about it. She doesn't even have to really say anything. She could just walk in the room and the whole mood change, like right. that's how strong her presence is. So some right. people have it, and they just don't really. They're not. Really, I mean, they don't even try. They even even like maybe she has. I don't know. She may have right. done some little things that I that she hadn't discussed with me. But you know, yeah, and this and that that makes perfect sense because I mean, really, it's who we are. Like at the at our at the core of us, you know. And this is, you know, uh, not to knock anybody else's belief, but like when we make our transition out of this physical body, that energy is what leaves. That energy is what is what moves on. And we're left with this shell that gets cold, that's not functioning, that's not moving anymore. 
you know, the physical most dense part of us is, is, is still here, but the energy that we were continues and that's who we are. So, but we live, we live in this gross physical world, you know, that we're, it's kind of like, we're not supposed to live from it though. We're supposed to live from the energy. The source is the energy. I mean, that's what kind of like to go back, to piggyback on some of the, you know, the things from church, you know, the Bible talks about living in the world, but not of the world. That's what it, that's what it alludes to. You know, it, it's not, not being driven by this physical dense world that we live in. We're driven by our energy. Our spirit is what, is what drives everything is what creates everything is what, where all of this physical stuff was born from. But we get so caught up in, you know, what is now, what is here, what we can taste, touch, smell, and see that we don't allow ourselves the time to even get to know the energetic part of us. Just like you said, we get caught up in the hustle and bustle, the back and forth of how we going to pay these bills, how we going to do this, and how we going to do that. You know, but you got to take time. I would suggest to anybody, you know, take time to yourself. Even if you don't know how to meditate, you don't um, really have a spiritual practice, or maybe you do, um, but take 10 minutes, 15 minutes every day to just sit in silence. Just start there. Just start there. Just sit in silence just for 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes, you take five, you know, um, (laughs) in Russell Simmons book about, um, I can't remember which book it was though. One of his books that I read, he said, because he meditates too. He he does transcendental meditation twice a day for 20 minutes. He said, if you don't have 20 minutes, if you can't find 20 minutes in your, in your day to meditate, then you need two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, if your life is so hectic that you can't find 20 minutes in a day to meditate, you need to do it for two hours. Damn. That's deep. Yeah, man. So, man, I, I tell you what, man. I'm, every time we talk, man, I learn a lot. I'm going to end it with this question. Are you going to like get into teaching? Because it's saying like not the same. You got plenty of wealth and knowledge that I'm sure will benefit the world greatly. Oh yeah! So I'm actually taking a course now to become a certified tantra practitioner. Um, I'm not quite finished. I got a few months left, um, but I will definitely um, be willing to share information with anybody who requests it. Um, you can, uh, they, if anybody wants to contact me, they can contact me at info at multiorgasmicmail.com. Um, and there's a, uh, there's an Instagram as well. Um, multiorgasmicmail on Instagram. Um, and I will, if you're ready to go, if they're ready to go right now and they want to learn some stuff right now. I will be more than happy to, to pass them on to my teacher until I get my site set up and finish my courses. Okay. Um, but definitely, definitely, I'm willing to share as much as I possibly can because, you know, I really believe in it. It's been um, transforming for me. Um, I've benefited greatly. Um, <laughs> my family has benefited greatly, um, actually, you know, from, from this transformation. And I'd encourage everybody to, you know, if this is something that resonates with you, follow through with it. Follow your intuition. If it's not, then go the route that you got to go. And that's another thing. Anybody, my opinion, anyone who's ever had any type of genuine experience with source energy, with the universe, with God, in my opinion, if their experience was genuine, they're not going to force you on their path. They're going to tell you, just get there. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter <laughs> the path that you take. Just get there. And that's, that's what my suggestion for everybody. Whatever path you need to take, I'm telling you, there's bliss, there's bliss in this life to be experienced. This life was not meant for us to be, you know, just going from here to there, day to day, dead end jobs, wondering when everything's going to get better. We can, we can experience happiness, genuine happiness for ourselves right now. Definitely. And thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to enlighten us. And um, I wish you all the best, man. I'm sure you're going to do some great things. I'm looking forward to just following your journey and just seeing where it takes you. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. All right. You take care. And everybody else, thank you for listening to another episode. Have a great day.